I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes Podcast from PRX. Today, I've got two electronic musicians. One is very much alive, the other left the planet prematurely. The live one is Robert Rich. His album Traveler's Cloth was the June Echoes CD of the Month and number one on the Best of Echoes 2023 so far our mid-year list. You can see that at echoes.org. Robert's music is a unique and surreal world creating a sound for the long perspective. A lot of my approach to my art is looking at the long term, looking at deep time or deep future and minimizing what our culture looks like to the entire flow of time and looking at, at much, much longer processes. Robert Rich, I've got him in the podcast today. Then we remember Barry Craig, better known as A. Produce. He passed nearly 12 years ago, but he left behind a trove of albums that he began recording in 1986. He was in Robert Rich's generation of musicians and created his ambient sounds in L.A. I'll go back to our 1996 interview with him. All that coming up. You know, it is so hot out there, and according to an interview I heard on Fresh Air with Jeff Goodell, it's going to stay hot or get hotter on the planet. I've got two things to keep you chill. One is Echoes on the radio or online. The other is the Echoes t-shirt. Our new one is Electric Blue with the Echoes logo in the pocket position in front, and on the other side, it's spread out across your back. We also still have some of our black Echoes 30th anniversary t-shirts left. You can see me sporting both in some reels on Instagram. Let everyone you encounter know where the chill resides, even when it's 100 degrees out. Get yourself an Echoes t-shirt at echoes.org. That's echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org, O-R-G. And now let's gather up our traveler's cloth and hear from one of the icons of Echoes, Robert Rich. Robert Rich is the 11th of 30 Icons of Echoes, and he's been a fixture on the show from the very first day. He's a polymath who is not only adept at many instruments, but also many other disciplines. They include audio recording and mastering, winemaking and dream theory. He writes poetry seriously, and he creates beautifully abstract, often primal paintings that you can buy on his website. He's an artist of questing intellectualism, which is what brought him to the poetry of Tu Fu from the Chinese Tang Dynasty. His zen-like poems compelled Rich to create the sensual, ethereal moods of his album, Traveler's Cloth. I'm talking to Robert Rich on the Riverside app from his home in Carmel, California. He's recently moved there from Silicon Valley to get a more idyllic setting. We have a garden that's like a Chinese landscape. I mean, it's like a scroll painting and a thousand square foot studio and a 4,000 square foot house. <laughs> a studio and a Chinese garden. 
pretty much embraces the yin and yang of Robert Rich, nature and technology. It's a lot like his music, which mixes all kinds of electronic instruments, but also comprises flutes, lap steel guitar, Hawaiian guitar, and percussion. A track like Loom of Origins may sound all electronic, but it isn't. The whole album is a hybrid of electronics and flutes and percussion and things. That track is using uh, modular synth, MOTM, layers of uh, sequencers in a hocketing 6-8 uh, kind of pattern, and then flute and other instruments, percussion, things like that. Robert Rich's album, Traveler's Cloth, is another example of this polymath mind. Its inspiration is poetry and history. Well, it's concepts I've been playing around with for most of my life, but I think a combination of reading translations of uh, Chinese poetry by David Hinton, the selected poems of Tu Fu, who was a poet in the 8th century Tang Dynasty in China, so one of the great poems of history, in fact. And his story triggered a kind of epiphany for me where he was a person who had an ancestral home. In fact, he was royalty. Um, he was great-grandson to the founder of the Tang Dynasty. And yet, during the time he lived, it was a time of chaos and war and disease. And he fled his ancestral home and spent the rest of his life wandering through the river valleys of central and southern China, escaping war and escaping invasion and civil war as well. Rich relates this ancient history to different aspects of his own life. So this idea of wandering and this idea of, of loss of everything, but yet becoming one of the great artists in the history of human civilization. And his greatest poetry happened during the time when he was the sickest and when he was unable to achieve anything in life, actually. So I think I am by nature distrustful of comfort. And we live in a time right now where my wife and I are actually quite comfortable. And yet I have this niggling distrust of that. And I think that comes deeply from the sense of the constant change that happens around us and our mortality as well. And the idea of the shortness of life, but also good health perhaps reminded because my wife is dealing with a condition you know, of Parkinson's. And so there is, I think, these recollections of how fragile comfort is and how we cannot trust the things of this world. Really. All these concepts weave through travelers' cloth-like streams branching out in tributaries through a sometimes surreal landscape.
Many of the titles on Traveler's Cloth come from Tufu's poetry or are references to his travails, like the track High Mountain Shelter. It is definitely referring to Tufu's life because he spent time escaping from the wars in monasteries up high in the mountains of the Tianjin region, the place where those funny vertical karst formations are. Yeah, so it's all just resonant. I think the idea of journeying, all of the rhythms in the album have a sort of walking pace, and there is a sense of a constant motion, although also a kind of stasis. The influence for me obviously goes often back to uh, North Indian Hindustani classical music, and so that, that sense of a drone and a rhythm and a melody are the three fundamentals that make the movement forward. thought that all the titles were derived from Tufu and his poetry, but turns out it's not the case. Writing on water is a phrase from uh, existence, a story, and loom of origins is a concept, which I play around with a lot ever since my introduction, I guess, to Sufism 30 years ago, 40 years ago. This idea of the fabric of perception, but some of it is really just my own experience. I mean, uh, the title Feathers on a Barefoot Path is actually just something that I noticed at our home, at our new home in Carmel, just because the birds follow me around. <laughs> I've always been fond of wildlife, and I, I keep peanuts in my pocket. And, and so the little birds have discovered that I'm a friend, and they, they follow me around the garden. <laughs> Rich's own musical and poetic influences on the album come from where he now lives. The list of titles can be read like a poem, but some of it's actually very personal. So in some ways, I think of our place, we are in steep hills above Carmel, and it's often just above the fog. The, <laughs> the title Gaps in the Roof Show Sky was right when we moved here. We had to do a lot of work on the house, and we had to tear the roof off and replace it. And in the midst of that, we had some major storms in 2021. <laughs> and so the house was actually raining inside. <laughs> Robert Rich has enough synthesizers to make any music gearhead jealous. A lot of the music on his albums, including Traveler's Cloth, 
rides on the winds of his flutes. The whole idea is to have an expressive emotional component with the uh, played instruments, with flute or the guitar, and have that element of a voice or a breath. The sound is so connected to your breath that it has a direct connection to your emotional state and to the way you're breathing and to your body. So there's an innate, almost unconscious, uh, emotive connection there between the, the body and the music. Robert Rich, now closing in on 60, comes from a different world than most people. Born in 1963, he would have been the perfect age to be ignited by punk rock, goth, or new wave. But although those influences are there, albeit very, very deep, he comes from another culture. I guess the culture I came from was Bay Area post, uh, sort of the culture that grew up around the hippie, but the academic and intellectual side of that. So perhaps the culture that Ken Kesey left behind, but then formed companies like Apple Computer, where there was a sense of using technology to empower the counterculture. And a lot of the friends that I made in high school and in college and later were people who were early founders of counterculture technology, I would say. And I just left Silicon Valley two years ago because it was getting so toxic to me, this transition from a kind of optimistic empowerment of technology for the individual and against systems of government or of power structures or war, you know, basically a pacifistic culture that I grew up in. Uh, you know, I remember in the late 60s in Menlo Park, living right next to Stanford campus, uh, my dad would come home from work in the aerospace industry and want to watch the Vietnam War on television. and. You know, that afternoon I might have ridden my bike over to Lake Lagunita and watched the naked hippies hanging out. You know, when you took a choice between napalm and a naked hippie, I would pick the naked hippie any day. As a five-year-old in 1968, you know, I mean, there was a, a very clear choice between the kinds of systems that power created and the kinds of systems that could come from empowering the disempowered. Through this outlook, Robert Rich injects sounds that are not flower power bright, but dive into the deeper crevices of human consciousness. His music, like his flute melodies, curl around your mind like a mycelium network. Environmental sounds have always been part of Robert Rich's music, even when he was creating them himself, as he did on his 1989 album, Rainforest. On Traveler's Cloth, there are actual environmental sounds transposed into something surreal and sometimes ominous, like the composition Footprints 
in the rain. Well, we just moved to Carmel and I had a surround microphone and the work that I was doing for this album started all in surround, actually. And uh, it was picking up the sound of wind in the trees and rain and birds and children playing in the distance. And so those things became the underpinning for the timeline. Some of my best work, I've realized, looking back on it, that I create a timeline that's like one hour long and I just start filling the timeline in with environmental sounds. And then it creates a, uh, a canvas that I need to fill. And then the electronics augment this emotive level with, with a sort of structural level and an underpinning of possibly you know surrealism or an attempt to, to create a sense of otherness or pure sound design where you can create a landscape of larger proportion than just acoustic instruments can create. Nothing is what it seems on Robert Rich's recordings, and that's what makes them such a journey, unfolding their depths and meaning with each listen. A lot of my approach to my art is looking at the long term, looking at deep time or deep future, and minimizing what our culture looks like to the entire flow of time, and looking at, at much, much longer processes. Robert Rich's latest album is Traveler's Cloth. It was the Echo's CD of the Month in June. I will have a link to Robert Rich's Traveler's Cloth in the posting for this podcast at echoes.org. You can also read my review of Traveler's Cloth at Echoes.org. As I mentioned, it was our June CD of the Month. Check out the CD of the Month Club so you can get great albums like this every single month and help support Echoes and the Echoes podcast. Once again, it's all at Echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org, O-R-G. Barry Craig left the planet in 2011. You may not have known him by that name, but you might be familiar with the music he produced over the previous two decades as A Produce. He was featured heavily on Echoes, especially in the 90s when he was very prolific. A Produce was in the Echoes generation of musicians, if you will, artists who are about my age who grew up listening to the same music. Steve Roach, Robert Rich, Michael Stern, Steve Tibbetts, they are all artists who fall into this group. He was only in his 50s, and his albums were kind of obscure back then, but they are now getting reissued by Independent Project Records. So I thought I'd go back to our interview with him from 1996. Kimberly Haas takes us to A Produce. Under the name of A Produce, synthesist Barry Craig has been making an ethereal brand of techno-tribal ambience for the last several years. 
but sitting in his apartment at the corner of a busy intersection in Glendale, California. It's a different kind of ambience that dominates the room. That's, that's ambient traffic noise out there. Uh, people uh, are waiting to turn at the stop sign there and uh, have their radios cranked <laughs> and their windows down. It's a wonder how he makes his music amidst the noise. Sort of uh, waiting in between the spaces, but uh, you know, once I'm I'm into it, I've got the volume up a little bit. I can tune out the rest uh, or tune in more to what my sounds are. Some of A. Produce's music may be as dissonant as the sounds outside his windows. In fact, many pieces, like Choir of Industry, seem to emerge out of a bed of indistinct textural sounds. I kind of like the idea of juxtaposition and contrast in that piece, that you had these sort of harsh factory-type sounds, uh, stamp presses and such, Tesla rays and uh, sort of ominous sinister sounds against a sort of a, a velvety uh, choir type sound. It was basically a texture piece, a mood piece. Produce started out as a guitarist and even made records with a mid-80s new wave group called After Image. That music is far from the sounds he creates now, and A Produce looks different. Completely hairless, he's a striking figure, but it's not a fashion statement. No. I started uh, losing my hair uh, a few years ago. Alopecia is what it's called. Um, and it's, you know, it's not debilitating or, or life-threatening or anything like that. Um, and I guess if it had to happen, uh, now is a good time for it to uh, have happened. Again, one of those mysterious things uh, in life that I guess I'm trying to evoke a little bit uh, in my music one of those unknown factors. Before he lost his hair, but following the demise of After Image, A Produce began making the move away from guitar. He was seduced by synthesizers and their ability to create landscapes of sound. The early results can be heard on his 1988 debut album, The Clearing. The Clearing um, was a very minimalistic album. Um, at the time, I, I described it in the uh, stuff I sent out with the promo copies as um, an exploration in uh, abstract sound or conceptual space, that's what I called it. I was just sort of beginning to get to know myself. I was coming out of a, a rock environment 
And so it was very much a, a transitional album going from a rock environment into more of an ambient one. Produce has released five CDs on his own transport label. If his influences aren't apparent in the music, he reveals them in his instrumental credits. He gives his sounds names like Wave Station, Hassle Air, Somber Reptiles, and Fripp VS Room, nodding to the first generation of modern ambient musicians. By now, you may be wondering why Barry Craig is known as A Produce. He says the name was given to him by another musician who wanted Craig to produce his album. Then when the band later got together, he uh, started giving everybody names. Uh, he was R Dash. Um, there was another guy named I.D. Morgan. I was A Producer, and we later dropped the R. Whether he goes by A Produce or Barry Craig, he's not a household name yet, even within the limitations of the ambient scene. But A Produce is slowly building a following, selling a couple of thousand copies of each record, mostly through word of mouth. With a studio in what would normally be a dining room, he's content to create his personal soundscapes of the unconscious. I see myself as doing a, um, a deep listening kind of music, uh, music for contemplation, uh, meditation, and just something that, the name of my label is Transport, something that transports you out of your daily routine and, and lifts you into a, a space where your thoughts can travel. album from A Produce is Inscape and Landscape on the Transport label. For Echoes, I'm Kimberly Haas. A Produce put up many other records after Inscape and Landscape. He left the planet from natural causes on September 4, 2011. His records are being reissued by the Independent Records Project. I'll have a link to that in the posting for this podcast, as well as a link to the most recent reissue, Land of a Thousand Trances. It's in the posting for this podcast episode. I also have a link to the obituary I wrote back in 2011, just to update it slightly. Next week on the Echoes podcast, we hear from Amara. Her album is the Echoes CD of the month for July, and you know that we have been totally entranced by her. She has an extraordinary story to tell about acting, psilocybin therapy, and electronic sounds. She talks about it all in the next Echoes podcast. I'm John DiLiberto. This has been the Echoes podcast from PRX. See you next week tonight on the radio somewhere in the country or at Echoes Online right now or whenever you want.